Welcome to the very first episode, the world premiere of Pod in Search of Man, the one and only, the official Heschel High School student podcast. So it's really great to be here. Let's introduce ourselves. I'm uh, senior Theo Cantor. I'm freshman Alec Kaminer. And I'm senior Gideon Kaminer. So, uh, team, let's talk about um, being this is the first high school podcast ever. Uh, well, not actually. There was one back when I was in uh, ninth grade. It was it was interesting. Yeah. Do uh, you remember that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was one episode, right? Yeah. That didn't go too well. It didn't go too well, but uh, hopefully we're going to continue this after we get into college, too. And if you uh, want, I'll be here to yeah. keep fighting. And, of course, we're here with our producer, Alana Nassim Cohen. Hi, everyone. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we hope to provide the school because we're still very fresh, very open to change, and uh, this is your voice. It's the voice of the school community. Vox Populi, Vox Day. Latin people correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, we'd be happy yeah. to... Yeah? You know what? Forget it. We'd be happy to hear from all of you as to what you want out of this podcast, if there's things you want us to cover in future episodes, people you want us to interview. Uh, if you're a new club, we give great plugs. So let's talk a little bit, team, about uh, what we seek to provide to the school. Um, I think I think we want to sort of share stories that sort of fly under the radar and stories that, that are interesting but right now only exist within certain groups, and we want to sort of get those out beyond those groups to everyone. I guess I'm, I'm kind of inspired in that by my favorite podcast, Reply All, which is a podcast about sort of uh, internet uh, trends and stories, and it's sort of this podcast that seeks to find these these you know, inside jokes and things that happen on the internet and kind of bring them out, tell the story to the wider audience, which I find really interesting. Ayala, what about you? Yeah, uh, I think I definitely agree. Uh, I think that uh, having a sort of more casual and less structured form of conveying information can bring out some really unique aspects of the school that people might not look into because they might seem uninteresting, but they're actually pretty cool. And I guess for me, well, uh, I would say my biggest inspiration podcast-wise is uh, Israel Story. I can't speak here back in... We were in ninth grade. We were in ninth grade. Wow. Yeah. It feels just like it was yesterday. Yeah. And they they talked about how they seek to provide, through the radio, sort of like This American Life, another big one, sort of a, a cross-section, a insight into the life in Israel that isn't politically partisan, that isn't focused on the conflict, isn't focused on technology, but rather is... Uh, it, can, it includes all the beautiful intricacies and the problems and the happinesses, so I, I hope to provide something like that to the Heschel School because I've spent 15 years here. And I love the Helios. I, I think that there is something uh, more connective about audio journalism, hearing people talking face-to-face. I remember back when Israel Story came to talk at school, they spoke about how radio and podcasts really brings down a lot of borders because it's just you listening and the voice of whoever's talking, uh, and you can shed the... Things, I guess, how you look. Basically anything that isn't your voice, which I find really amazing. I've loved stories since I was very young, and I hope to help uncover cool little nooks and crannies of the stories within the school community to hear people's voices. That's what I'm into. Yeah, I think uh, just to add on, um, I'm, I'm reminded of the, the famous um, Marshall um, McLuhan quote, um, the medium is the message, in that you know, um, more than what you say, it's how you say it. And so I feel like this medium of podcasting is particularly conducive to the type of stories and the type of project that we want to do here. So some of the podcasts I listened to, uh, most notably today, I was just listening to uh, the Commentary Podcast, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's really great. It's uh, by Commentary Magazine, which is uh, this the journal of, uh, I'm going to quote from the podcast, the, the 73-year-old monthly of intellectual probity, cultural criticism, and something else from a conservative perspective. Uh, but I really like it because 
despite it being conservative and I'm being a pretty big liberal, as those of you who know, uh, I like it how there's some real dialogue of ideas and there are people on it that are so smart. Speaking of smart people, so t this episode we planned on um, being about political discourse in school. Uh, on Tuesday, Guido and I and the rest of our grade went to this program at the UN to mark, or not at the UN, at the Queens Museum. Right. Where the, the UN used to be. Where the UN used to be to mark the 70th anniversary of the partition plan. And a lot of people in our grade had some, let's say, varied responses to it, if not in part because of the presence of people like Mike Pence there. Uh, Guido, you want to share a little bit about that? Right, yeah. Um, I, I think it sort of stemmed, there was an interesting reaction to it because people weren't really sure what the program was going to be, and it ended up being something different than what a lot of people thought it would be. It ended up being sort of a hyper-partisan program uh, that was sort of very closely aligned with um, with a particular uh, right-wing political stance um, on, on Israel. And, and I guess, you know, because uh, Mike Pence was there, it sort of, you know, seeped into American politics as well. And whereas people thought it would be more of just a general celebration or commemoration or reenactment of the original vote. So, yeah, so it was kind of interesting to see how they were uh, promoting a particular political stance uh, and sort of sort of connecting that to these historical issues. And some people took offense to that. Yeah, I, I, I guess um, I, I too felt a little bit taken aback by what I felt was some partisanship. I suppose what do you think could have made it better? And, and I, I imagine we'll, I'm, I'm planning on reaching out to Rabbi Natan or Rabbi Dahlia or someone else to speak about this from an administrative point of view as in like what was their goal in uh, bringing us to this program uh, and also how they hope we can process it. Because uh, I remember on the bus back and also in English class afterwards and Hebrew class afterwards we had <laughs> A lot, a lot of conversations uh, in it, and I felt like we were sometimes repeating the same points, but we also had some uh, pretty good insights. So right. why don't you speak a little to that? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, it would have been better to sort of um, to know outright what this program was going to be, uh, to know that it was going to be sort of a um, particularly partisan program. Three Ps in a row. But, um, <laughs> and, and I think... I think um, it was, it was just kind of strange to sort of see... Well, first of all, I mean, the, the, the logistics of the program itself weren't that great in a lot of people's eyes. The speeches were very repetitive, um, and uh, there, were, there were a lot of things that went wrong. But with, with the core of the program, I think it's definitely about what actually was the point of the program, because they, they sort of made it this hyper-partisan thing, and some people didn't appreciate that. So that, that's, that's also another uh, goal of our podcast, to be a little bit like Town Hall, only uh, here we're actually going to talk about things, not just talking about talking. And in line with that... Yeah, shots fired. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> no, all, all the respect, I, I don't think that it's the problem on the part of the program planners. I think that it's there's a sort of intransigence in our school community where people sometimes speak for the sake of speaking. I uh, include myself completely. <laughs> right. But here to talk about perhaps one of the most hot-button issues, uh, which is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but also in general about civil discourse and social studies classes is uh, Joseph Eskin. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Thanks for having me. So I guess just to start off, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about specifically your dual narratives class in 12th grade, which both Kiran and I are, in and are enjoying very much. Yeah. Thank you. That's so kind of you. My understanding, and I should say this is my first year teaching at Heschel, so the class actually has a history that goes back before me. Um, my understanding is that the class has existed at Heschel for probably around 10 years. I think that Shmuel Afek, who's another history teacher in the department, originally brought when he came to the school. The class is based around a textbook, which was produced by a group of Israeli and Palestinian academics and also high school teachers who initially went in with the goal of producing 
a textbook about the Arab-Israeli conflict, which incorporated both Israeli and Palestinian perspectives. After the Oslo process fell apart, they came to the realization or the opinion that it would be impossible to have those two narratives fit together as one. And so they said the next best thing would be to include one narrative from each side together in a textbook. Um, and so that textbook, looking at both narratives side by side and finding questions that are raised by looking at them together and trying to understand each narrative and come to conclusions based on that is sort of at the heart of the class. Wonderful. So I guess we'll get on that, but for, uh, for the rest of our listeners, um, why don't you share a little bit about how the class actually moves? <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose I could say a little bit. That, uh, there's a lot of discussions, and uh, some of them get pretty contentious, some of them, some of them less so, but uh, certainly it's a, it's a hot-button issue. There's no, there's no way around that. So I was actually speaking with a, a parent of a former Heschel student the other day, and I, I was speaking with him about this class, and he was saying, he said, he asked, like, well, what's the point of the class if you don't sort of arrive at some point of point. So I'm wondering, like, do you think it's actually useful to just learn two narratives and not put them together? Okay, I wonder if I can answer both questions in one. <laughs> Hit him. Talmud style. Yeah. <laughs> um, to me, the class hasn't felt super contentious, and I think part of that is I went in worried that it would be very contentious, and so I think I tried to build a classroom environment from the beginning um, to avoid that kind of contentiousness, or at least to avoid like it escalating beyond a level that um, would make people uncomfortable. So I think we spent like a, a, a few days at the beginning of class talking about um, what are the goals of a conversation about both narratives, um, what are some appropriate or inappropriate ways of coming to the conversation. I think those conversations were helpful. I also just think that the students in the class came in ready to engage deeply in a nuanced way. Um, and didn't come in like guns blaring or mm. guns blazing or anything like that. So I haven't felt like it's super contentious. I think that, um, like, you know, your question was about yeah, really what's the point of yeah, the class? Two, two narratives yeah. and that. Right. I think there are a few points. I think that a concern, actually, that we talked about a little bit when we talked about um, If Not Now and the mm. um, hashtag You Never Told Me campaign that they're doing now. I think do you want to you want to share for our listeners what that is? For sure. So um, the anti-occupation group, if not now, um, has started a campaign over the past year, in which young adults, college age or post college, who have been through different Jewish educational institutions like camps or um, youth groups or schools, are expressing their disappointment and their frustration with those institutions, which raised them in a way, um, because they never gave them. Um, they never shared with them the truth about Israel or about the occupation. Um, so I think one reason I think the class is useful, even if we don't arrive at like a definitive point, is I think it's a really important thing that students who leave Heschel have been exposed to narratives that they might not have been exposed to before, that even recognizing them and becoming aware of them in a safe space like Heschel uh, is important for students' development and for their finding a home in the Jewish community as their political ideology might change moving forward. I also think that understanding the two narratives individually and then together um, can shed light on the conflict and can let individual students reach conclusions, keeping in mind that those might not be the same conclusions. So I don't think that every student in the class is going to end up at the same place, um, but I think that, and I hope that, and I, I again, I, based on comments I've heard from students in class, 
Um, I think students are starting to arrive at some of those conclusions for themselves. But again, different people are arriving in different places. Hmm. I'd like to uh, go back to one thing you said. Just You said that uh, people walked in without guns blaring, that they walked in wanting to engage. That certainly connects to something I felt. Uh, like two weeks ago, I went to American Voices Club. I was one of the one of few, if not the only, liberal person there. Uh, the rest were, I think they had gone straight from Young Conservatives Club that day. But I found that actually we had some really great exchange of ideas. We were talking about um, the latest sexual harassment scandals, and this was, I think it was right after the one that Al Franken broke. Uh, and I was really amazed how the people there, many of whom I have some fundamental disagreements with uh, politically, really were able to take me seriously and engage with me. And I thought it was a mutually beneficial experience that both of us uh, came in there wanting to hear from another side. Uh, and later on the pod, we'll hear from Clara and Sophie from both the Young Conservatives Club and the American Voices Club on um, how they manage, facilitate uh, political discourse like that. So, But I think what you said uh, I'd like to pull is that it's a key that both sides seem to come in with the understanding that they're there to engage and they're to hear the other side, um, which sometimes means that there's only a certain pale of ideas that people are willing to engage with. I'm not sure I'd be willing to actually uh, get into a civil discussion with a neo-Nazi because it seems just a little bit outside the fray, but well, there certainly are people who I would be able to who I have vastly different views from. So I think that if we come in with the understanding that uh, we're all humans, that we're all entitled to rights, and that we don't dispute sort of scientific facts that we have a really productive discussion. Thoughts about that? <laughs> yeah, yes. We need some breaking the silence here. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice one. I guess um, regarding the whole, uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but like speaking with neo-Nazis, I'm just w- wondering like, you know, I, I struggle with like, is there absolute truth a lot? So I'm wondering like, how do you find that line really? I mean like, I mean, you know, you said, like, you know, there are, like, certain facts that we have to um, sort of establish first, right? I mean, and you, you, you wouldn't discuss with someone who, who doesn't agree to those facts, right? But I feel like a part of dual narratives is that there are disputed facts, right, for sure. And, and also, I feel like, you know, facts don't really exist in a vacuum. Facts don't have inherent meaning. They only have meaning within a certain narrative. So I feel like it, 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 kind, of, it kind of depends on what narrative you're in. The facts will, will be different. So, so, so I'm wondering, like, what is the prerequisite for discussing with someone? Why don't we ask that to Joseph? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a big question. I think the prerequisite in a classroom is an openness to learning and a sense that you're not going to hurt other people in the classroom. Right? I think that learning is such a complicated and sensitive thing and requires a a special kind of openness on the part of students that I think as, a, as educators, we probably are overcautious in making sure that classrooms um, really feel safe just because the consequences of a student not feeling comfortable in a classroom where they, first of all, have no choice. They have to be there, right? So it's like you, you have to be in this room. So if you don't feel safe or comfortable in that room, that's a real problem. And just I don't think learning can happen if you feel uncomfortable. So I think maybe even the the ground rules for a classroom would be different than they might be on a college campus where some of those debates about whether to engage with neo-Nazis are happening right now. Hmm. Okay, so I guess uh, to sum up, being that we're all about to, as seniors, we're going to go out into the world where there's 
plenty of dialogue, and I think someone told me yesterday that uh, it's the biggest surprise in college that there's no nuance in dialogue, or that there's less than we thought, and perhaps that'll be true, I sure hope not, but um, I guess, what do you, I mean, not, not, all, not all of us are going to become peace negotiators, diplomats, cooperative work, I mean, a lot of us are going to become doctors and lawyers and things like that, uh, so I guess, what do you hope is the essence, the lesson that we can all take away from dual narratives in order to... Uh, do what we can to heal this broken world. Right, and 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 this isn't just for people in dual narratives, just like yeah. the, the idea of dual narratives. As, as a teacher, or, or perhaps even more broadly, as a teacher, what is your goal other than teaching the class? <laughs> a question connected to that is, uh, do you think that there's anything um, that from dual narratives that you use to make people feel uh, safe and comfortable in sort of heated discussion that could be um, translated uh, onto the school, and that can be used in political discussions um, or discussions in general um, in all school communities. Okay, I try to triangulate and think about what all the questions were. Okay, I, I want to. I don't think I've always like done a perfect job like running facilitating discussions. I'm sure there have been moments where students felt uncomfortable. Um, or felt like they weren't heard, but I guess uh, a basic thing that I hope to do on a fairly consistent basis in the class is make sure that um, every statement that's made is acknowledged and heard um, by me as the person facilitating and by the other students in the room, um, and also that whoever said each statement has a chance to explain it and make sure that they, that they feel understood um, and that disagreement can come after there's that understanding. Um, but I think some of the most painful or frustrating conversations happen when people are responding to something that you don't feel like you actually said. Hmm. So I, I think that's one element. Um, what were the other questions? <laughs> uh, well, uh, well I, I Alice's question was about, you know, how would you sort of apply the, the I guess, um, philosophy and ideas and method of dual narratives to the wider school community, to discourse oh, right. in the wider school community? And then there was Theo's question about college. So I guess I'll answer the one about college first. I don't know. I, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. I think that I wasn't in college so long ago. I graduated in 2013. I think even since then, the political climate on a, on a wide range of issues has shifted dramatically. Um, so this is I'm thinking about Israel. I'm thinking about... Gender. I'm thinking about race, like all kinds of things where the just the kinds of conversations that are happening have shifted a lot. And I think like a big question that I've been thinking about is sort of just the right the balance between like free speech, uh, making sure people have the right to like speak and say what they want to say, um, and and safe space so, like free speech and safe space are like two values that are both important on college campuses. Um, that in a number of stories over the past couple of years have seemed to like come into conflict with each other. Um, and I don't think there are any easy solutions to that tension, but I think that's, that's the tension that I, I hope students coming out of Heschel can like, notice and acknowledge um, and think about how those things play out. Because I think in a totally safe space, there isn't free speech, because there is speech that makes people feel unsafe. And in a place where... In the from the opposite direction, in a place where there's total free speech, not everyone's going to feel safe. Hmm. Um, and I think that individual students and university communities as a whole are grappling with that. And I don't, again, I don't think there are any easy answers, but I hope that students coming out of dual narratives will think about how to bridge the gap between those two things. 
Um, I guess, is there anything else you have to say uh, to our <laughs> listeners, our, our, our many, many listeners? Um, I encourage <laughs> I encourage any students who aren't seniors yet to think about taking dual narratives um, or any of the other amazing social studies offerings for 12th grade, which I think also force you to engage um, in similar ways that dual narratives does. Wonderful. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And um, you would be a terrible candidate for president because you answer questions well. <laughs> uh, you answer them straightforward and honestly... <laughs> I'll kiss my political career goodbye. (laughs) Pod and Search of Man is the Heschel High School Student Podcast. Check us out on SoundCloud at Pod and Search of Man. So thank you all uh, to those who listened. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Alana, our faculty advisor, Austin, who's also a fellow podcaster himself. Check out his podcast, uh, Podagogy, on iTunes. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Catch you next week.